Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Project Transitions Transition Points. Again, I'm Brandon Martinez. I'm a marketer and outreach specialist here for Project Transition. And I'm here with our new staff member and member of her team, Audrey. How's it going, Audrey? It's great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. The sky is blue outside. So what better for PT, right? Amen. Uh, so do you want to tell, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am from Tennessee. Um, actually, I'm in the northwest corner of Tennessee. Um, I went to school at University of Tennessee at Martin, where I graduated with a health and human form- performance degree and a minor in public health. Uh, from there, I started working at the state as a public health educator. And then from there, I joined the Jackson Madison County Coalition. Um, and I worked as the um, community response coordinator for there until that grant ended. And now I'm here at Project Transition as the outreach specialist for Tennessee. And I'm excited about it. It feels good to have another uh, outreach specialist on the team. You're like my wingman now. It's great. Uh, Iceman's back. So that's great. Um, <laughs> so what? when you said you were a, uh, you said a, a com- community education, what was that again? A community response coordinator for the... the- can you explain um, what that is? Yeah, so um, we have uh, drug prevention coalitions here across Tennessee. And what I did was I what I did um, education, and that was during COVID. So most of it was virtually, which took some time to get used to. But um, once we kind of got the feel for it, it actually wasn't that bad. So um, I also helped with Narcan trainings um, across Madison County, educated on Narcan, Um, Just anything like substance misuse and mental health. Um, If I couldn't, if I didn't have the resources there at the Prevention Coalition, I knew where um, the individual could get those resources. So a lot of community partnerships, a lot of education and, you know, a lot of a lot of outreach there. That's awesome. Uh, I think Narcan training is really, really important. Uh, yes. especially uh, in the field that we're in. I actually learned how to do, uh, I, I got Narcan training when I was in college. Um, and I, uh, th- at the end of it, they gave us like Narcan to like use it in case you ever have to use it. And I always keep it in my bag just in case, cause you never know. Um, and it, it's scary like having to use it, but like the fact that you know, it is even that is even better though. Exactly. That's what I keep it in my backpack um, whenever I go places, even if I'm going to a sporting event, um, my son's basketball, football game, wherever, I'll, I'll put it in my purse just because, I mean, you just never know when something can happen. And I like to be, you know, prepared than, you know, be trained and not have not have Narcan on me to use. Absolutely. Uh, in Philly, like where we're based and I, that's where all like the work I do is I'm always constantly like taking trains because it's easier that way. Right. Um, it's just uh, you ever been stuck in Philly traffic. It's just not something to write home about. Um, so uh, I always just feel a little bit better using transit, uh, knowing that I have the Narcan with me because uh, Philadelphia, believe it or not, is a really big hub, especially the Kensington area for uh, narcotics and opiate use. Um, oh, wow. and, uh, if you ever, if you look it up online, Kensington, Philadelphia, um, it's just, uh, it's really not a good spot. And it's not at no fault of, uh, we, we know that addiction's a disease, right? It's a, yeah. so um, it's, it's really sad if you would, uh, if you would come down here and see that part of Philly, it's, it's, it's really sad, but that's why organizations like us, organizations like Meriki, uh, Meriki has like a drop-in center out there where they provide resources to people that are on the streets in active addiction. Wow. It's, a, 
do they have anything like that out in Tennessee? We don't. They're trying. Um, now, in, like, your bigger cities, they do, like Knoxville, Nashville, they have uh, programs that are, are you know, kind of like that similar. But the real issue and where you see your most problems is your rural, like West Tennessee, your rural, rural, yeah, rural yeah. areas where resources are very scarce, money is very scarce, and it's just, you know, it's harder to come by valuable resources for, for those types of things. It's a, it's a, it's a real shame. It's a real Yes, shame. It, it really is. It really is. They just, you know, it's kind of like if you're not in the bigger cities, you know, you kind of just, I guess, get left out, you know, for lack of better words. Yeah. And that's something that we have to work on together as a, as a community. Yes. Yes. That's where you get your partnerships from, you know, linking, linking different partnerships up, you know, outreach to people to let them know where those resources are, you know, where the transportation to get to point A to point B, you know, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, boots on the ground top work to get those resources out. Absolutely. Boots on the ground. That's a term I, I use all the time. I use it. Uh, I can't, I use it from when I was in the military. We were like, guys, we're the boots on the ground out there. We, we have to, we're going to be the ones to make a difference. Right. And then I, I love that over, term. And I carried it over to, uh, to PT when I got hired here. But uh, so you had mentioned adjusting to uh, your work situation during COVID, right? I, right. I spent, uh, COVID was my senior year of college. Uh, that was my senior year and graduate year of college. I did an accelerated program where I did my uh, graduate work the last two years of my undergraduate uh, time, if that makes sense. It was an accelerated program. It was really uh-huh. intense. Never again. I'm glad it's done and over with. But uh, I spent my last year of college online in Zoom uh, in my third floor walk up of my Philadelphia apartment in my tiny apartment uh, with my roommate, my, one of my good friends now. Uh, and it was just a lot of uh, a lot of adjusting I had to do. Right. Um, it's one thing to spend that time with them uh, when you're able to leave and come and go as you please. Right. But once, uh-huh. uh, but once you lose that, it sucks. Um, yeah. So what was that like for you in the early days of COVID? How did you adjust and what did you do? It was it was a lot to adjust to at first because at the time of COVID, I was working for the state um, of Tennessee as a health educator. And so it's just we came in one day and I think it was around 11 o'clock and um, our boss sent us an email that said, take your laptop, take whatever you need. Um, and go home and we'll let you know when you can come back to the office. So basically they worked with the skeleton crew at each, um, health department when we, so I had to set up my office and, you know, kind of figure out how I can do health counsel online. You know, what's the best platform? Is it teams? Is it zooms? Is it WebEx? You know, how to get everybody involved like virtually, um, I actually started a prevention coalition there in Lake County where I was a health educator and I did a, on our Facebook page to just try to keep up our involvement. I did a poster contest where people took a picture of whatever poster they did and posted on our Facebook page and wow. we picked a winner and like would just safely drop off the, you know, prize at whatever location at their house or, you know, wherever, Um, so it took a lot of adjusting a lot to, you know, figure out what worked in the virtual world, you know, what didn't, um, how to keep 
you know, how to keep your health council numbers up, how to keep your coalition meeting numbers up, you know, not lose interest in, in, and things like that. And so it, it took some adjusting, but, you know, once, once we figured it out and got going, um, you know, I missed the in-person, but what we did find out was that a lot of people were able to attend more of our meetings virtually because they weren't running from this building to that building, you know, from this place, to this place to try to make all the meetings, you know, they can yeah. hop off one meeting and then hop on right to the next one, you know? So, um, by the end of it, you know, kind of once everybody got used to it, I felt like our numbers were actually up because, you know, they could, they were in one place and, you know, they could hop off this meeting and get on another. So it was some adjusting, but I actually liked it once, you know, once we figured it out. I lo you love to hear it. Uh, adjusting is one big thing that we all have to work towards doing, right? Definitely, definitely. And in the COVID world, there was lots of adjusting very quickly. Yes. Uh, so when COVID happened, we, it's no, uh, it's no denying that it impacted a lot of people's uh, mental health, right? Uh, yeah. Being able to, not being able to leave, uh, not being able to interact with the people you normally would. Um, for me, it was relatively hard, especially the first, the first couple uh, months, right? And then once things started to open up, it got better. But the first two months, I'd say, were uh, were really bad for me, and I was I was unable to sleep. Uh, it, it was just it wasn't a good situation. Uh, what was it like for you? How did it affect your mental health? Uh, you have children, right? So that's, that's exactly what I was about to say. So at the time that COVID um, hit, I was actually pregnant with my youngest one. Okay. And um, we were having to go to a high risk clinic because of some underlying issues. And then I also at the time had a fifth grader. So they sent them home. So I was doing virtual school, which was absolutely awful because they do not do what they did in fifth grade. What, when I was in fifth grade, it has definitely escalated. Yeah. Um, and then I had the worry of going to doctor's appointments by myself because they wouldn't let my husband in. Um, if we had to be admitted to the hospital, which we did quite a bit for um, observing, I was worried that I was bringing COVID home to my family, to my son. So it was very stressful. I was not in a good mental state at all, um, just because heightened anxiety and worry and paranoid. And I think I drove everybody crazy with Lysol and, you know, wiping things down and sanitizing. Um, it was hard. I will say during that COVID period of being pregnant it was extremely hard because, you know, I didn't obviously want to get COVID at the time. Um, but I also being in and out of the doctor's office and hospital didn't want to bring it home to my family. So it was, and then, you know, we were isolated from, you know, our parents when we did deliver only we could be in there. So it was, it was just a whole different experience altogether. And it just, it, it was tough. I, I'll say it, it was very tough. Uh, were your kids okay with like the adjustment from uh, being completely around other people to being virtual? No, they, um, they had a really hard time. Um, Luckily, they had each other and they're 13 and well, they're 13 and nine now. Um, but at the time, at, you know, they had each other. So they were able to, you know, play outside and, you know, keep each other company. But it was actually right in the middle of my son's junior, um, junior peewee basketball. And so we just had to stop oh, um, playing, you know, all of a sudden. And it was hard, you know, to explain 
you know, and I noticed it really as he's, you know, went back to school and things like that and everything's, you know, for the most part here has been, has gone back to normal and you can see it with all of his friends. It's like, they have a hard time socializing that interaction. And not only that, they miss so much in school doing it virtually, um, that he's, I mean, he's, he, he was like a straight A B student and ever since COVID he has really struggled grade wise. Um, so I just think, you know, that year that they missed, you know, they did it virtually, you know, it just wasn't the same and I can't deliver the same thing as a teacher can deliver, you know? So I just felt like he just missed out, you know, on a lot. And that really, that really hurt him. Absolutely. So you said you were pregnant and you gave birth during the COVID era. Uh, I say era, like it's not over yet. Um, but, um, I can only imagine what that was like. Um, you always hear about how uh, women who give birth, they t- tend to come with some mental health issues, sometimes, not all the times, following the birth, right? Uh, yeah. I have a friend, very close friend, who uh, she just actually just gave birth to her daughter, and she was ex- just expressing to me like how she's going through some postpartum depression, and uh, I just had to make her, like, I had to reassure her, like, listen, it's normal, uh, you're not a bad mom, uh, you just, you know how it goes, right? Um, yes. Would yes. you say that it was heightened for you because of COVID? yes, yeah. yes, I will say, and because of like the issues he had, because he had to have a total of ten blood transfusions, um, why in utero, so you know, with every transfusion came came the possibility of him not making it, you know, being stillborn, things like that. Yeah. So I will say, I was a helicopter mom. I, I was awful. I cried on and off. My mental health was not good at all. Um, and I actually um, started seeing a therapist um, after about a month after he was born. I was like, you know, this isn't right. Like I'm snapping at people. I don't know nobody touching him. I don't know nobody. I mean, I was just awful. I was terrible because I was scared of him getting COVID. You know, I was just trying to protect him because we were still having to go back and forth to um, St. Jude there in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say like my postpartum depress- depression was definitely, I feel like magnified because, because of, of COVID and that extra layer of protection, I felt like I needed to have, you know, over him. Yeah. Uh, and I that- think I drove everybody crazy. Me and my husband fought, you know, I wouldn't let the kids come around, you know, things like that. And, you know, finally my husband was like, you, you've got to talk to somebody, so, you know, something's not right. And my friend actually went through postpartum depression. Hers was a lot worse than mine. Um, but she was actually the one too that reached out and was like, Hey, you know, you may want to talk to somebody. I'm seeing the signs that I, you know, that now looking back after talking to my therapist that I saw in myself, you know, and I'm just saying this, you know, I'm coming from a friend who's been there. You, you need to talk to somebody, you know, before it just gets too, you know, before it gets too bad. So I did, I reached out, um, and I talked, you know, with a therapist and worked through, you know, kind of had a plan on, you know, how, how we can still keep baby safe, but also not be, you know, just such a tyrant when it comes to like germs and, you know, just kind of how to let loose and not have such high, you know, heightened anxiety and things like that all the time. And it really did. Um, it really did help a ton talking to somebody and just realizing that this is normal. You know, everybody's going through this right now, you know, for the most part, um, you know, people do handle it differently. And, you know, he asked me, 
what's some things that you used to do like in college or, you know, when life just got too stressful. And I told him I would go on a walk. I, w- I used to run quite a bit. Um, but now I really just walk most, mostly. And he was like, just go for a walk. When you feel like your anxiety is just getting too much, you know, take you baby or just you, if somebody can watch the baby and just go walk. Um, and so now I still do that. I incorporate that at least, um, 30 minutes a day. I'll do some type of exercise and whether it's just walking, whether it's stretching, you know, some type of exercise, 30 minutes a day, just to kind of, you know, help, help, you know, my stress, anxiety or whatever I'm going through that day. Yeah. That's a really good friend that recognized that signs. Uh, yes. And, you know, I didn't get mad at the time. I was like, you know, who's she to say anything, but now looking back, I'm glad she did, you know, because you never, it's hard to be that friend to just, you know, say, Hey, I think something's wrong, you know, but I'm glad she did. You know, she was a good enough friend to, you know, want to watch out for me and, and things like that. Absolutely. So you mentioned that every day you try to go out and like do a walk, do a run, something like that. Cause 30 minutes a day. Right. Uh, yes. And that helps with your mental health. So after college, right, uh, I got my job with Project Transition and then I stayed at home for a month. And then I was like, listen, this is too much commuting uh, from my hometown to where I'm working. It was like an hour and a half uh, one way and an hour and a half the other way. It was really gnarly. And especially with traffic at the end of the day, you have no idea, Audrey, how much I hated it. Um, like I would get through like an entire uh, audio book and like two days. It was gnarly, but, um, oh my word, that sounds but, terrible. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, fine. I finally found an apartment that's literally like 15 minutes from here. Right. Um, on like with like heavy traffic, but I was, I was living alone for like, I, I've always had a roommate or even in the army, I had roommates. Right. Um, and I was living alone. I still live alone, I should say, but my mental health was getting like getting, it was getting bad. Like I would say it was getting really, really dark. Number one, it was the winter time. Uh, and number two, I was in a new job and uh, I had never been able to like truly, I've never truly, truly lived on my own, you know, and uh, right. it came to the part where it was like things were, like I said, it was, it was getting dark and I, I reached out to somebody and they were like, listen, what you need to do is you need to get active. What do you do? You, uh, you wake up, you go to work, you come home, you go to bed. That's not, that's not a life worth living, right? It's just the same thing over and right. over and over. And then that's why I, that's when I started going to the gym, right? And so that, that I go to the gym every, literally every day for an hour and a half a day. Um, and that's like the way I can get through my mental health, right? Because when I'm, I'm, I'm working out, I'm running, I'm doing the weights, I can think about things while I'm doing it and I can work it through, work it out through my head. Uh, so I really uh, resonate with your whole 30 minutes a day with uh, getting out and being active. Yes. I mean, you really, you don't think, you know, when you think, oh, you know, go for a walk, run, you know, work out. And, you know, for some people that may not work for them, but like you said, it gives me time to kind of go over things in my head. You know, if I'm stressed out about something, I can kind of work through the steps to, you know, less stress or, you know, what can I do to, to kind of, you know, relieve that stress or, you know, is there anybody that can help me with whatever I've got going on? you know, it's just a good time for me to kind of just, like you said, work through, work through things. Absolutely. So I want to take it to like a different direction. So lately we've been seeing a lot of things on news or like on on different articles on social media, different things like that, uh, reacting to uh, celebrities' mental health status, right? And then if you go into the captions or into the comments of those posts, they're just a a cesspool of negativity, right? Yes, Uh, yes. 
how how do you think how do you feel we react uh as individuals to to uh mental health of celebrities do you think we don't take it as seriously because we think oh they have everything what is there nothing they have nothing to worry about like how do you what is your perception of that you know i think that's what a lot of people think you know they look at celebrities like oh you've got the big house you know you've got the pool you've got five different you know hundred thousand dollar cars what could you possibly have wrong? You know, what could be so bad? You know, that, I mean, I have seen the comments. They're, they're terrible. But at the end of the day, celebrities are humans like us. Yep. You know, I mean, you can have everything and still, you know, be missing or feel like you're missing something. I just, you know, I think people think when you've got money, you know, you've got the big house, you've got that celebrity or any kind of like status symbol that you should automatically be strong and be okay. And that's just, I mean, in the real world, that's not really how it is. You're still, they're still human. Uh, I don't know if you have a TikTok or not, um, or if your kids have TikTok, but I feel as though uh, TikToks have made uh, social media, um, TikToks have made mental health mainstream, if that makes sense. Like you can see somebody having a mental health breakdown on TikTok for 50 million people to view and watch and react to it, right? And right. each person that has comments on there is a different uh, negative comment towards that person that, yep. having, that is having a, a very, very public breakdown. Yes, and, uh, and yeah, I have seen it. that. I mean, that takes a lot of courage to put that on there, but I still think people still stigmatize mental health as like there's something wrong with you, you know? Yeah. I mean... I definitely, the people that use social media as an outlet to have those breakdowns, if that's what they need for an outlet to make themselves feel better, you know, that's great, you know, whatever helps. But, you know, I still think people, you know, if they're battling something, they still want to battle it, you know, in quiet, in person. And, you know, I just really wish that stigma would just go away. Because, I mean, everybody has some type of mental health or they'll be experiencing some type of mental health condition. I mean, throughout their lives, you know, I mean, I don't see how you wouldn't. Yeah. I've seen so many comments. I've seen so many posts on Facebook, especially where they're always like, depression is not so-and-so. Uh, bipolar yes. disorder is not so-and-so. Uh, PTSD is not so-and-so. And I'm like, why are we gatekeeping mental health disorders? Yes. It's, I mean, it's not a one size fits all, you know, I mean, it's going to look different on every single person. But people get on there with their, you know, keyboard warrior, warriors is what some people call them. And they just yeah. think they have all the answers. It's a, it's a shame, really. It's a- it is. It is. It is. Because, I mean, how I deal with something, you know, I mean, it, I may deal with it, that situation better than when another person. I mean, everybody's just different. It's not like a one size fits all when it comes to mental health. Yeah. Uh, the, the shoe fits on every foot. So, and it fits differently too. So, uh, I just, uh, I I hope we can move as a society. So where we're not trying to gatekeep somebody else's very personal problems. Yes. I I agree that that definitely, you know, and I know there's so many organizations trying to bring light to that and education. And I just, I think it's important. Absolutely. So on, on a brighter note, let's we'll just move away from that really. Uh, Cause if you keep, if we keep talking about it, it's a wormhole, really. You could, it is. It's just, yeah, you go into it. Yeah, definitely. It's like a spider web. It can go everywhere. Absolutely. So self-care 
is really, really important, right? Uh, yes. For me, a self-care day is going to be like, uh, I'm going to take off on like on a Friday and then I'm going to spend my day going to old record stores with my friends, right? Getting out, getting out all these new uh, used record shops, uh, getting a whole bunch of vinyl, uh, going to uh, bookstores in and around Philly and uh, like eating at a hole in the wall restaurant. And then just going back and, spe- and ending the night uh, with one of my friends, right? Because I love to be around people. So for me, self-care is to be around other people, if that makes sense. Um, yes. What do you do for self-care? For self-care, let's say when I do have time for it, um, which honestly, I really enjoy watching my son play basketball because it's something he loves to do and he's pretty good at it. Um, so anytime, you know, that especially like travel ball, I enjoy most parents hate travel ball. I absolutely love it because it's something he enjoys and, um, I get to see him, you know, excel and become better. Um, I also go to his trainings too, which he probably don't like, but I mean, I just like seeing how he gets better. That's my self-care, I guess right now, since I have kids is kind of just, you know, living right beside them and being able to enjoy what they're doing, um, Otherwise, I like to do the typical girl stuff. I like to get Botox and get my hair done. <laughs> so, I'm about to say a haircut is uh, changes my life every time I get one. Um, I will say I, I thoroughly enjoy getting my hair done because they wash it, they massage your head, and you know I enjoy the typical like girly stuff. But most uh, of the time, you know, I just enjoy sitting back in a gym with a coke and some popcorn and watching my kids, you know, do what they love. Yeah. Do you have a, a go-to comfort show? I sure do. I really like One Tree Hill. One Tree Hill. Chad Michael Murray, the heartthrob yes. of the early 2000s. Yes. Yes. Wow. And Sophia Bush. Like it's, I absolutely love uh, One Tree Hill. And what? one of these days I'm going to go to their convention in Wilmington, North Carolina. They have That's a One Tree Hill convention? Yes, they do. That is awesome. <laughs> I, I, uh, I used to, believe it or not, uh, when I was in the military, every, uh, every Friday we'd get together and we would watch two things. We'd watch, first thing we'd watch is we'd watch New Girl on, you know, New Girl is right? Yes. I uh, would watch New Girl. And then after that, we would usually watch One Tree Hill, like just to have something on going on in the background. But that was like our go-to. So a bunch of masculine men right um <laughs> soldiers all hyped up and we would watch one tree hill and new girl together so i i i'm so glad you said one tree hill that just absolutely made my day because i like one day i was watching it and my husband was like what are you watching i was like one tree hill and he sat down and started watching it and he was like don't tell nobody but i actually like this show and like he i like came back the next day to like because i always just start from season one and you know go on i've seen it like two or three times all through every season and he had watched like two or three seasons um well i had gone shopping or something and i was rolling so it's funny that you said y'all watched it yeah it's a great i mean it's not good television but it's good television yes Um, it could be i could be i'd much rather watch that as opposed to like Real Housewives or something, so. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I tried to watch that and I just, I couldn't get into it. I was like, this, that's too much fighting for me. Yeah, and it's it's uh, definitely not good for their mental health for sure. No, definitely not. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, anyways, Audrey, you've been amazing. Um, 
I just have a, a couple more questions for you, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, why did you choose Project Transition? I actually, um, since, you know, my grant was ending, I was kind of looking on end aid and I was like, oh, an outreach specialist. So I kind of giggled because I was like, well, I'm not going to apply for something where I, you know, I'm not really sure what all this, you know, all what the, you know, what it's about. And so I Googled it and I started researching more about, you know, what y'all do, what project, you know, transition is about. And I was like, this is great. You know, there's, two different programs that offer two different things, you know, for to, just to meet people where they're at, basically. And, um, you know, I read the testimonies and things like that. And I was like, this is definitely a company that I would love to be part of. And I would love, you know, to tell their story out across, you know, Tennessee. Yeah, uh, I can, I can definitely dig it. So what do you think of it so far? I absolutely love it. Um, all my co- coworkers, you've been great. Ellen, Caitlin, everybody has been so welcoming and so warm. Um, I don't feel like I'm working, you know, you people say, well, you work from home. You feel like you work in a silo. I was like, absolutely not. You know, I just told somebody the other over the weekend, I was like, I actually, one of my coworkers, Brandon, um, we had a kind of like a sync up meeting on teams on Thursday. And I said, you know, he gave me some great ideas of what I can do to kind of, you know, up my outreach and things like that. And I was like, I was able to, you know, send an email as soon as we got off of our uh, call and, you know, join the task force. And, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have known about it. And, you know, I said, they're just great. Like they, you know, they check in, you never feel like you're alone. Um, I just, it's been, it's been positive so far. I have no complaints whatsoever. Well, I can promise you that you are in a great addition to the team. And like I said, I feel like I'm Maverick and I got my Iceman again. So, um, so Audrey, we're coming towards the end of the show uh, and you've been by far an amazing guest. Uh, we've had amazing guests up until this point, but it's always, uh, it's always good to have somebody new on, right? Um, yes, I enjoyed it. Uh, and we, we got to do this again sometime, right? Uh, Definitely. Teamwork, teamwork all the time. Uh, I would love to have you and Stephanie on at the same time. Uh, Stephanie uh, is great. Uh, she's the other outreach and admissions specialist. She's the, she has a dual role out in uh, North Carolina, but she is, she's great. She's a big proponent as to why this podcast is going on where uh, I did my very first episode with her and we, we tested the waters together to see if like, this is something that we should keep, still keep doing. So uh, I'm so thankful that it worked out, but uh, moving forward with that, is there anything like, or is there anything that you have read or that you listen to that might help people with their mental health? Let's see here. Oh, what off the top of my head? You know, honestly, I follow different groups, um, like inspirational groups on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, every day, because, you know, you scroll social media every day. And, uh, you know, it's good, like, on, on my Instagram, uh, specifically to scroll through and see, like, positive quotes, you know, people doing well, you know, giving kind of an advice, especially, like, in my situation with kids and a toddler, you know, you'll have your bad days, but, you know, you'll get through them, uh, you know, things, you know, you're not, you're not the only one facing, you know, like, my phase right now is the toddler phase, which is terrible, and um, so I'm following a lot of parenting tips on that. And it's just great to see other people go through what I'm going through now and kind of yeah. be able to relate and like, oh, I'm not a bad mom, you know? So I just, you know, that's what I do. I follow like just specific, you know, um, accounts on Instagram. That way when I'm scrolling, you know, I see positive, um, positive affirmations, I guess, you know, to kind of start my day and end it. Awesome. Well, uh, Audrey, it was have a real pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, and like, I can't wait to continue to work with you. You're awesome and you're doing great things, all right? Thank you so much for having me. 
Yep. So till next time, guys, we'll see you again. Thank you. Bye.